Nick, who's your favorite on-screen mom? Archie Bunker. <laughs> well, okay, well, Norman Bates' mom or Frank Zito's mom? Uh, Norman Bates' mom, but Frank Zito's a close second. Well, my favorite is Vicki Lawrence from Mama's Family, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mama. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. Hey guys, it's your favorite final girl and boy, Emily and Nick, coming at you with a new episode of Gag Me With a Knife, a weekly podcast where we dissect, disembowel, and shred the best and worst slasher movies. This week we'll be scalping 1980s Maniac. As always, Emily has the back of an original VHS copy, so let's hear what the back of that box says. Maniac provides ultimate satisfaction to even the most hardened fans of horrific gore. This hair-raising film traces the grim steps of a maniac killer as he stalks New York City streets randomly searching for his prey. After ritually murdering and graphically scalping his victims, he takes their hair and clothes to his lair, which he shares with his grotesque collection of mannequins, which he costumes with his grisly trophies. 1980, your thoughts? Uh, I didn't know that uh, on my uh, visit to New York in 1980, somebody had documented everything I did. (laughs) And I, I want to know who did that because it, it's wonderful work. What's funny is that while this whole movie was being filmed, um, the that's when like the Central Park killer was at large, and he killed two two sex workers, and uh, they couldn't identify them, so they put their clothes on mannequins and mm. put those pictures out to try to identify them. One of them was identified; the other one never has been. That's weird, though, you know, considering the movie. At the, like at the same mannequins. time? At the exact same time, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they just turned mine into a movie. Right. I know. So, uh, what are, like, just summary, uh, base thoughts on, on this movie as a whole? I, I've always liked this movie. I can understand why people don't and people think it's bad, but I've always liked this movie. Um, it's an isolating, lonely, uh, very, very, uh, very off-putting, unnerving movie. Um, but uh, I enjoy that about it. Yeah, I um it's dark as hell. It's, it's real dark. It's dark as fuck. So, <clears throat> yeah. um, it's not a normal slasher even in the sense that like, it doesn't really have all the elements of like a typical slasher anyway, but it's like a low rent psychological slasher. Yeah. And usually this is not like the era of slashers that I like anyway, cause they're a little too dark for me, but I, I do think it's, this is a good movie. Um, will I rewatch it every week? Like, no. But um, if you're a fan of the genre, it's it's required view. It is. Yeah, you you need to watch it. Um, and I think it's really well done. It's just you know it's hard to wa- wa- like watch over and over. Like you don't have fun with it. You well, know? There, there, there's a lot of low rent uh, aspects of this movie. Um, and also if you see Joey Spinell's apartment, you'll understand what I mean by low rent. Oh, facts. I mean, is that like even like an apartment? I think I don't know. I think it's a mop closet. Yeah. Um. And that, that's not a reference to the wigs. <laughs> so, um, in this movie, we start out at the beach, um, or we start out at someone looking in those, um, what are they called? Those things you look through. Like, they're binoculars, but oh, you put a quarter uh, yeah, in. Yeah, it's like a, a view master or something. But, uh, it's but like not- binoculars, but like for charge. What, what were those things that they used to, used to get and used to flip them? Like the handheld Viewfinder. ones? Viewfinders. Viewfinders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or some collide 
something no, about kaleidoscopes the thing with the, the not trippy. kaleidoscopes but they were anyway i think it's a viewfinder but yeah um, yeah yeah so we start out where this guy's like watching these this couple on the beach and then it cuts to the couple well also okay not only does uh, new york have some of the most beautiful beaches uh on the east coast <laughs> this couple picked the absolute fucking worst place to take a nap right and it doesn't look warm well i mean i'm assuming they had gotten done fucking and we're like you know camping there or something but it's a terrible place to fuck so he's like doing his heavy breathing thing by the way dude, what is with the grunting does nobody hear this it sounds so much like the dude in pieces yeah, yeah like yeah. this like <sighs> and i'm like go, go, get a set to apply i don't know what you need but like stop but anyway so this couple's talking on the beach uh the girl's wants uh the guy to go get some more firewood she's gonna get cold and And man the firewood he brings back oh right um and so they're both killed uh first she is um her is it a throat slit Mm -hmm. or stabbed or something and then um he he's a choked with like he's a a garage it's like a garroted uh metal or something like that um and then uh we see the main character frank zito wake up from what you believe may be a nightmare this beach scene it's actually not but it's a um, great dream that's the dream i have every night facts um so the next scene we see him going out and he uh well, first we see two women that are clearly sex workers talking about uh, something called the ultimate. That see, I want to know what that is. I do too. I want to know what. Whenever, whenever, I break, know what a lot whenever of they these... break it down, they say, "I'll take you around the world, but yeah. for, you know, hundred dollars, I give you the ultimate." Well, she, she says, "Like just for regular, it's like twenty five, but like for what is, for, reg- for, what is this for stuff? French and regular?" I was like, "Well, what's French and regular?" Dude, no hooker like, I've ever had has told me any of this stuff. <laughs> I wonder if uh, all. Yeah, yeah. One well, of our friends, uh, yeah, yeah. one hundred eighty nine dollars. Um, so one of the girls is like, "I just need one more trick to make my rent." And you got a working girl. So we see uh, this guy that just had the nightmare from you know the beach or whatever. He comes up and he's like, she starts talking to him. And he's like, at first he like says no. But then when she she goes through all these things, like you can get a regular for 25, 50 is French and regular, 75 is around the world. And then the other girl says, don't forget the ultimate, which she had talked about earlier because some guy did the yeah, ultimate that she had I, I never seen before. I, I don't know what the ultimate is. So, but she was like, oh yeah, for a hundred, you'll get the ultimate. So he, he originally says no until somebody upsells him on sex. Yeah. Which I'm just, which really goes against the plot, but what that doesn't matter anyway. Um, Twenty five, nah, hundred dollars, yeah. yeah. I'll scalp you, for, but whatever. Okay, so he takes her into this hotel. They're scalping tickets for that punan. This hotel was actually the same hotel that this other shit that I talked about at the beginning was happening. Oh yeah, too, and it was happening like at the or like while this was filming. Anyway, Central Park killer. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so he gets a room. He asks, well, well, before he gets that room, he, 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 he doesn't let the hooker break the golden rule. She tries to, she tries to hold his arm, hold his hand. You never let a hooker hold your hand. Also, he pays extra for I do color know that TV for my time with the, the ladies of the night, but he does pay extra for color TV, which, you know, well, I mean, whatever. Um, I don't know. He wasn't going to use it, but I don't know. Gotta get the penthouse. Doesn't matter. Um, 
it's bigger that room's bigger than his house yeah so um <laughs> pay for what you get man yeah, i know 35 dollars, i think in total with tax so so, so after so yeah so it was 135 dollars for this trick yeah all right he doesn't even get whatever i would have waited to at least like get the ultimate before i did what he does but that's, at least gotten a breakdown of what the ultimate was i guess the ultimate maybe, in his maybe mind is different like well he did the ultimate what he thought the ultimate maybe, was. I maybe he's more of an around the world kind of guy i mean he didn't seem to want to go up there until he found out about the ultimate though nah, i think he always wanted to go up there well he did but like he was acting like coy about it i guess so. he's been wondering what the inside of that building's been looking like and it took a hooker to get him in there <laughs> yeah. um so at first he's she's you know ready to go but he's he's like Dance i want you me. to model he wants to he she says that she's a model and he's like well, we'll model for me and Dance she's like, me. like like this used to. she just keeps on making poses and goes like this like this like this which will be important later and but hey uh, it's it's uh it's good to note that um this hooker ain't that bad looking man also she her clothes are like now you can tell the 80s like slash late 70s she are looks coming like she's back ready for in an style. aerobics class well, I mean, they're coming back in style because that that outfit, like, I basically have an outfit that looks like that. Yeah, God like bless Like a leotard pants. and like, you know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, yoga pants. They rule. She's wearing, no, she's wearing hot hot pants. Like, short, hot really pants? short. Re, re, she's wearing really short, like, um, bright purple. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, shorts doesn't she with have like, like a leotard uh, on too? She has a leotard on and then she has like, um, whatever those, what are those <laughs> tights with the holes in them? I don't know what the, what are those called as fishnet tights. Oh, um, true hooker attire. Yeah. Uh, so he, um, she finally gets on top of him. They kiss a little bit, and then he gets it looks on. Like, it looks like it's going well. Yeah, I mean, it's like I mean, you don't think anything's. It's. I mean, you know something bad's gonna happen because you know what movie you're watching, but you know you don't. I all of a sudden he just looks like a crazed wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if this movie didn't really start get going until after this and he didn't kill her and he just actually had a trick i was like he's just that kind of guy yeah, you know? every, yeah like, every, everybody needs somebody sometimes like he kills nothing like he does not kill sex workers but everyone yeah. else um so he, he, ends, he even gives her a tip afterwards yeah he so he gets on top of her and then looks like a goddamn maniac, which is where the movie comes from, and uh, starts strangling her and hallucinating about his mother. Yeah, and his mother's kind of hot too. She was, yeah. We never see her corpse though, do we? Yeah, yeah, oh, we know. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll uh, get to th that. That's later. But it's also a dream. Anyway, uh, it's a great scene though. It's not like Norman Bates though when you find like his mom. But no, Norman Bates really had his mom. or like when you find grandma in Texas Trains. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he takes her home and after he beds them, deads them, scalps them, and scraps them. Yeah, someone walks by and it's like, Hey, Frank, you got Christmas shopping? He's like, Yeah, I think he clearly has like a body in a fucking trash it's, bag. It's not a Christmas tree over his shoulder because he does have a Christmas tree inside this like that, yeah. tiny room. He, he celebrates the season. Yeah, so he's bringing her in and. Um, he oh he scalped her by the way yeah five dollar two pay after he uh, strangled her to death he scalped her and he it shows him p like talking to himself as his mom but then like kind of having a conversation with her but he's like both voices yeah it's a Norman Bates and then thing. he has like a we but then in some scenes he has a weird country accent which doesn't make sense but um 
uh, whatever. And then he uh, takes Joey, Joey Spinell's doing his best George Jones. Yeah. And or like when you were doing something in pieces and you started talking like with the Mississippi accent for no reason. But yeah, that's um, how all Bostonians talk. <laughs> so um, I hate Boston. I know. Um, so he uh, takes the scalp and he has a mannequin. Uh, he already has a mannequin in there. He's got a new one now. But now he has a new one. Then he hammers like the scalp. He, he hammers onto. a tack into it. Yeah. I, I like that method. So while he prepares the new mannequin, like he dresses her up. Well, there's nothing better than running your hands through your sex mannequin's human scalp and finding a tack right there. It's right. so smooth. Yeah. But, um, so he, he like has this full conversation with his mom and then he looks at the newspaper about a couple on the beach being murdered. <gasps> so so it wasn't that a wasn't a nightmare. Opposed to I some people, I still don't call that a nightmare, belief. Emily. I, okay, a dream. Cu- that couple had it had it coming for a them. Dream. That's not where you fuck. Um, you know, especially not in like New York, but um, the sunny beaches of New York. <laughs> so he uh gets his shotgun together after that, and then he oh, yeah the old uh, the old gun and a violin uh violin case thing yeah and he yeah. does it, this weird panting again, and then he says Polly want a cracker. It's some weird ass shit like. He they, he tells his mannequin girls he'll be right back. Why did you make me do this? Yeah. Uh, so he drives away hunting. Mm-mm. Ends up at the uh, the old Verrazano Bridge. Um. But he like parks near this uh, disco club. Yeah. Where he sees Disco Boy and Disco Girl. That's Tom Savini. Disco Boy. Tom Savini is Disco Boy. Picking up somebody else's chick. Yeah. Picking up somebody else's fucking girlfriend. But I mean, it's really her own. Like, who, he doesn't know that guy. Like, she should have been faithful. Yeah, fuck so, that guy. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Man. So, Actually, yeah, fuck that guy. That woman should be home fucking her yeah, guy. Yeah, she, she but shouldn't now be she's doing that. Like, he, he has no, like, game and he has no part of this like fight so um, I, didn't know, I didn't know picking up chicks with a boyfriend was so easy tom savini showed me the way well he is hot in that movie he's pretty good looking yeah. he's got the stash um so they get in tom savini's car hit disco boy disco girl uh frank zito follows them um they're like kissing my favorite question is when he drives her to the end of the Verrazano bridge at that little like uh out or inlet or whatever she goes come here a lot I was like, yeah, 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 all the time. Yeah, this is where I hang out. Well, then he goes, you want to go somewhere else? And she's like, where? And he's like, the back, the oh, back yeah, yeah. seat. <laughs> yeah, a smooth, man, smooth. So they the start... 70s things were easy, man. Yeah. I guess it's 1980, well, so it's like the, the ass end yeah, of the 70s. Yeah, but they were filming it in the seven, in 79. So also, oh, yeah. I mean, you could pick up hi- hitchhikers. And, all and, that and shit. there's no better sex. Than, you know, we already had the beach sex. Now we're on to car fucking. Everybody knows that rules. Yeah, especially, yeah. This isn't no SUV. This is a okay. So, but it probably was like a bigger Buick. I think. Yeah, it's all so right, yeah. I mean, it's not tiny. So, um, they're they're in the back. They're like making out, about to have sex, and Disco Girl sees um Frank Zito, who is not a disco boy. No, in the window of the car and she freaks out she's like i see somebody i see somebody and tom savini's kind of like whatever like i thought what, i was gonna get wouldn't laid it be funny though if disco boy was like yeah yeah is it cool afterwards if my boy gets some <laughs> yeah, you do come here a lot also him like him assuming that it's his friend um <laughs> like, i mean they both have obviously mustaches. my They're friend is here York. so um 
so he's like, well, whatever. They get in the front seat, and as soon as hit the light, it shows. I think the shot's really cool where the light, because it's like an old school car. I think where a the lot lights, of the lighting in this works because of how grainy and weird it is, and how weirdly it's shot, and it really gets the the shittiness of like. Uh, anyone who goes to New York now, you don't get to see that anymore. Like the taxi driver stuff of how New York looked like run down. Yeah. When it was like, when it was like, you didn't go there unless you wanted to get murdered. Basically. Yeah. I think this movie does a good job of making New York look gritty. I I like it a lot. The lighting is, even if if you think the lighting's bad, it looks good. Back then. But yeah. So, um, what happens is he turns on the lights on his car, which, uh, it's those old lights that like rotate up you know those used to be cool man yeah they are well they're so cool dude i remember when i was a kid seeing uh, somebody with one of those i think that's cool as fuck i want i want that on my car until one of them breaks i guess yeah yeah a little separate i mean uh, i I, I never had that so um never say never and as soon as he i would i will say never but um as soon as he the lights come on the lights shine onto Frank Zeta with his shotgun and he starts running at them, but then it turns into like slow-mo. This is so awesome. It's a really cool, it's a really cool Classic scene. Savini. Like, cool shot. Classic Savini. So he like, uh, he jumps onto the hood of the car in slow-mo and sh- like just blast Tom Savini's head off. Disco boy, no more. And I'll tell you the story about the, the, um, body they used for this scene later but um the blood goes all over disco girl and then uh we see him frank zito come into the side of the car and he shoots her off screen uh it's kind of slow though like you know he he gives her the for a second like the thought that she might make it out or whatever and then yeah he puts the gun in her face and also he it doesn't show him scalping her but you um assume he just cuts back to his apartment and it's time to fuck a mannequin well First, because and he's watching the news a newscast about the killings that had just occurred with Disco Boy and Disco Girl, um, and that they're forming like a special police task force for finding the killer. Yeah, we'll see them later. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, and that, that's a hilarious scene. But he turns off the TV, and then he has another conversation with his mom. Uh, fake mom. I mean, dead mom. Like he's he's both voices. Why you make me do this? Yeah, he's like, you can't go. It's when you go out, you can't go out. Like, cause if you go out, you gotta do it again. And every time you go out, beauty is punishable by death. So, um, then he, but he lays back in bed then, and he starts brushing his greasy ass hair. It kind of makes it look good. Ugh. Oh, that made me want to vomit. Between that and his pock marks, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like gross. So then he talks to, to the man I mean, again. All this is like, this is how my room looks. The boneyard. We've talked about this. <laughs> it's like dogs. And you can ask, you can ask uh, one of the two people who have been in there. <laughs> I thought they were dead. No, no, they're both still alive. <laughs> Just one of them doesn't talk to me anymore. That's not true. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he talks to the, the mannequin in handcuffs. It's disco girl. So she was scalped. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote, like, I wrote in my notes, I was like, where is he getting these mannequins, by the way? Because I was like, I guess he steals them. He's but got a guy. But it's never really, like, talked about in the news or anything that, like, mannequins are being stolen or anything, so. Them shits get thrown out all the time. It's I don't New think, York City. I don't know, Just but, like, the it just district. seems like, it seems like something would have been said but um the remake does address that but that doesn't really matter so in the next scene we are at the spoiler. park sorry and that's not a spoiler to say that they explain how he gets the mannequins no, in this, i've in never the seen it 
that's not really a spoiler. That's just like, I didn't know that they explained Yeah, you did. I told you earlier, but anyway, they don't need to know this. So, um, whatever. I don't think anyone. Okay. That's like, (laughs) I mean, if you watch this movie, you spoil the, you spoil the remake. So, I mean, it it, it follows a similar plot. (laughs) Oddly enough. Um, so now we're at the park. These moms are talking and they're like, fucking parents. They're really, really terrible parents because one of one of them is like, Susie, get off. I don't know what her name is, but she's she's like, get stop doing that or something. But then goes right back to talking to the mom and the Gabbing little away. The little boy she's on the swings with is like, let's go on our bikes. And she's like, my mom said I'm not supposed to. He's like, who cares? <laughs> Fuck that. See, so they're like, that, that's a little disco boy in training. Right. So, um, as soon as it, it cuts to like her, right. The little girl riding her bike and Frank Zito, like runs into her and he said what is he he says something to her he's yeah, like he tells her to be careful or yeah something like something that, like that. Yeah. and I'll, I'll kill you in 20 years yeah in the meantime a picture a photo is being taken of him by from- carolyn monroe <laughs> the sci-fi starlet herself in a slasher in this movie her name is anna but there's oh, the a golden voice there's Just a Sinbad, woman baby. A, like from across the way like Sinbad pretty- done sin good on her that's true but she's pretty far away yeah. But he notices she's taking a picture. So he um he kind of like she walks away but she leaves her bag there so he like walks up and As looks you at do the, in New York. Mhm. Exactly back then. Um so I guess she was just going a little bit of ways. Whatever. He looks at the bag though and it has her name and her address on it. So um then he goes and he like creepily looks at mannequins in store windows and he pants and whines. And I'm just like, he grunts, he grunts, but sometimes he whines and I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Oh, like, it gets, it gets worse mo- later with the fucking mommy stuff. mama's boy. Yeah. Like anyway. Um, so after this scene, we are at a hospital. These two random nurses are walking out together. One of them, um, her boyfriend is picking her up and she's telling the other one, like she can give her a ride because they're talking about these killings and how like, they hope they catch him soon. And it's also three years after Son of Sam, you know, so it's like, I don't know, I'll be fine. Right. And whatever, this this is a, this is what annoys me so much because they're talking about how, like, they're scared of this, like, guy and they hope they catch him soon. But then when the girl, like, well, it's like, over at the Verrazano Bridge. We in Manhattan now. <laughs> but they're like. It's all the way over in Brooklyn. But they're like. Uh, the girl's like, well, we can give you a ride home. And the other nurse is like, no. And I'm like, well, if there's a killer on the loose and you're so afraid, then. Also, <laughs> if you're in New York and somebody offers you a ride, fucking take it. Well, not anyone, but like your friend. Your friend, yeah. <laughs> like, fucking yeah. take that shit. So. It takes a minute to get around New York. So, uh, that's dumb. So, um, the nurse that is left after the other one leaves she grabs a newspaper and on the front page is a story about the murders and the ones um, that we were just talking about. Yeah. And Frank is across the street looking at her. So he, I don't think she sees him. She doesn't see him though. Even if she does, that couldn't be him. But at some point before that, she said, if something, if something happens, like I'll splurge and get a taxi. Well, she sure as shit doesn't because she starts walking. I mean, to who, the the, subway. who the fuck she waiting on? She's not waiting on anyway. She just starts walking to the subway. I she should have been she should have been trying to get a fucking cab, but uh, whatever. So <laughs> on a nurse's salary, shit. Well, she said she she made a comment and said she would splurge and get a taxi, yeah. and then she didn't. So her fault, really. Um, yeah, this is completely her fault. F- Frank follows her. Um, she when she's walking, she's kind of nervous. She doesn't really know anyone's following her yet. 
um, until she gets uh, to the set, like, da- you know, down the stairs in the subway. And then she starts getting real nervous. And when she's about to go through the turnstile, well, no, no. she, she so drops she, all of her She obviously quarters. doesn't know how a subway station in New York works. I don't know how long she's been working at that hospital or in New York City at all. But also, she doesn't know how it works. Uh, and I guess she has some spare tokens. But, man, she leaves Frank plenty to get right back in. I know. That's what I was about to say. She, why I said she was nervous is because she drops like all of those when she, cause she's like trying to get them out. Do you she, think Frank used just one and like kept the other ones for later trips? I mean, I would have, yeah, I would too. I mean, like, hell yeah, dude. Subway. Tokens. I mean, yeah, I get like this scalp plus all these, like, I think they're core. I think they were probably quarters at the time. Not tokens. Nah, that's not, that's not how it works. Well, back, you don't know how it worked back in 1979. This is a documentary this on my visit to New York city in <laughs> oh, 1980. I, for, I forgot 1979, but I forgot. Um, so, she, so she ends up getting her quarter or whatever token, whatever, just in time to get through the turnstile. But she drops all these quarters, and then the 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 this is when the chase begins, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and I, if anyone's listened to this podcast at all, you know that I do not like a long chase scene. They get on my fucking nerves. This chase scene goes on in a hole for five fucking minutes. And some of it isn't suspenseful. It's just annoying. I do like how there's one part where she's like, uh, the the train. First of all, uh, whenever uh, the well, she tra- gets through and w- she misses the subway for like but, by like five seconds, no the, one will open a goddamn way, door for the her. The way it works up there is the train doors aren't just locked while it's sitting there. That's a really really fast ordeal, and that never happens. But when that train pulls away, there's people on the other platform across, and like she doesn't. I mean, there are people there. Just not are there? Her. I yeah. didn't, I didn't no, there, see. There I didn't are. see and them. She doesn't scream for them at all or anything I like that. I didn't see people. And it, I guess so. that plays up that whole thing of like New York, uh, which most people think you know you, you mess with one New Yorker, you mess with the yeah. one. But there's also the thing of alone in a crowd. It's like yeah, they don't give a shit. They've seen some. They've seen uh, this like maniac the, run around that, plenty of times. That story about Kitty. It's like that famous story about the girl that got stabbed and like everyone heard her getting stabbed to death and, and no one yeah. called the cops. Yeah. Well, it's like the beginning scene of this movie. That beach was full. Like you it's all, just the, you it's know. like, it's a, the whole thing. It's uh, the study was like, the whole thing was about how, uh, like someone always thinks someone else is going to help. Mm hmm. And then uh, no one ends up helping. Well, it's like the beginning scene of the movie. That beach was full. They didn't film it or whatever, but all the other New Yorkers looked over. It's like, yeah, that's what you get for messing with the maniac. They are behind like a little crevice, but no. Um, so anyway, yeah, the subway leaves her then. Um, so she hides in the bathroom and he walks in moaning, still looking for her moaning and whining, panting, whatever the fuck he's. Well, this actress in this scene, whenever he's going stall to stall, it uh, it's very funny to me because uh, this is the only funny part of the movie I found because uh, she's really trying to act like she's scared, but every time it cuts to the stall, it looks like she's taking a shit, and it's like maybe a bad time for that. It also kind of gave me Jalo feels. The What's scene, that? I don't. Uh, oh, uh, the yeah, Italian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's because some of this movie looks a little dubbed, but that this looks like a scene that would be in a Jalo. Anyway, um. Well, after she's done dropping a deuce. So she hears the door and assumes that this guy's left, but immediately starts making all this noise, like breathing. Yeah, like, yeah she's celebrating at the sink. Yeah, and I'm, but before that, when she's still in the stall, she's like, oh, whoa. I'm like, you well, shouldn't she had just. just ass- dropped one. But you shouldn't assume. In the men's room. You should not assume that he, like, if you really thought a killer was after you, don't just assume he fucking left. Like, immediately. Also, if he would have killed her in the men's room, it would have been justified because that's clearly labeled men's. 
<laughs> no, back, seriously. I mean, back in the That's day, That's what yeah. dudes do. When we find a girl in, in the men's you room. You murder them. Yeah. So, um. It, you guys should know the rules. So she, like, she, she's making noises of relief. She goes to leave the bathroom. Should have stayed longer in the bathroom. Yeah, girls usually don't I mean, have she, a problem like, with that. She literally hears the door close and is immediately like, okay, I'm good to walk out now. Like, Baller. what the fuck? Hell um, yeah. So then she starts, like, washing her face, and then she starts laughing. Like, oh, I really, like, you know, got out of that one. Well, no, she fucking didn't. She was a little too fucking fast on that laugh. Yeah, um, Frank didn't think that was that funny. She looks up, and he's behind her, stabs her in the back. With a bayonet. Washes a, his a knife. A dull blade. And I'm assuming, yeah, well, I'm not assuming he scalps her because she has, by the way, she has blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Because in the next scene, he's back home talking to his mom. But when I say talking to his mom every time, it's him talking to his mom and talking back in her voice, you know, whatever. Um but they're talking about how, you know, he has to be careful because blood got all up in her blonde hair and it is stained the color of Kool-Aid. I don't think that's the color that it would be with blood stained. Anyway, it's red Kool-Aid blood stained scalp that he's tacking onto a mannequin. $5 to pay, man. Um, so, uh, it cuts to Anna, the girl that was taking pictures of him at the park. Carolyn Monroe. I'm sorry, took one picture of him at the park. Um, And she's in her dark room, and the doorbell rings. It's Frank. And he's just like, you took a picture of me in the park. (laughs) So she's like, lets him in. Yeah, yeah, that's how I get all my dates. So he wants to see her work. And then there's like the only, I guess, like philosophical conversation that they have, like, to give any meaning to what he's doing in this movie. Um, Cause he says, like, first he says, how come all your models are women? And so, and then they discuss that like he doesn't understand. She's an artist. So she sells photos and he's like, I would never sell my photos because um, go to jail. The pictures are to preserve beauty and, and beauty is punishable by death. And he says, things change. People die, but in a painting or picture, they're yours forever. Also, he's told her he's a painter, which is a lie. But, and then she says, there's no way you can possess someone forever. Hmm. Okay. So he goes on to discuss that in a particular picture, the photographs had this woman the way he wanted. uh, There's this old woman picture. Yeah, yeah. And that the photographer had her the way he wanted her. Um. And at like from that picture, she can never grow old or die. Um, and he, uh, you know, That's to some be spank bank material. To be honest, he's like actually besides the fact that he's hideous and ha- like he's disgusting looking, and he look always looks like he's like sweating profusely. Um, he's a pretty charming guy when he's not murdering people. He, he can turn it on. Yeah. So um, I don't. So I, but he is really ugly. So I don't understand yeah, Carolyn why. Carolyn Monroe would never go on a date yeah. with this guy. But she, but she yes, likes, she, she immediately likes him so much. And because I'm like, this it, is. I mean, all girls like whenever a stranger from the park knocks on their door. And says, you took a picture of me at the park. Dude, that's how you woo him. So, um, guys out there, that's I, what I you was do. Guess, I was guessing maybe it's because he said he was a painter. So they're like both, both artists or something. Kind of is. I don't know, whatever. So, um. 
He, he asks, he's got some art going on in his in his apartment. I don't know if it's the art that I mean, uh, you know he'd he be does, interested yeah. in, but he's got something going on. Yeah, he's working on shit. Mm-hmm. He definitely is. So so he asks her to dinner, and he's, she, he's and working harder than she is. He asks, or he he asks her if she's ever been to this uh, clam restaurant or something. I don't know. What is it? The clam bake? It's clam, 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 it's a clam something. The clam and slam. The, clam yeah, jam. So, uh, and she's like, are you asking me to dinner? And he's like, and he, he goes, you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Ironically, he wasn't taxi driver. What the fuck? Like, I was getting, I was ready for him to say, forget, forget about it, but like, uh, whatever. Ah, uh, to New York. Uh, I just rolled my eyes, but she, so she wants to go. Give her five minutes, five minutes. She'll no, go. no, that's later. That's the second. No, date. no, the second time is ten minutes. Okay. Um, she says, "Give me five minutes." Okay. So she is ready to go to dinner. Like, I mean, she doesn't know this guy she, from fucking yeah, Adam. She's falling out of her seat to fucking uh, to go on a date with this piece of shit. Yeah, I. Ugh. Yeah, this so, pock, pock beauty. So then at dinner, he says, "You're the most beautiful woman I've seen since my mom." Red flag again. That's what you do. Ew. You never had that said to you. <sighs> I can tell you've never been in love. No, I. That's disgusting. Anyway, hey, um, no, 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 no. That's what you do. I dated you, plenty you of mama's girl, boys. You take a girl to a really weird seafood restaurant in Brooklyn, and you start talking about your mom and comparing them. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. with every one of my girlfriends. Well, anyway, I don't he's even like, live in Brooklyn, but I was like, hey, look, you want to go on a date? It's going to be like a seventeen-hour drive, but it's going to be worth it. <laughs> at, at Clams, Clam Bake Central. Pl- I don't even I know, know if it exists anymore. Called the Clam Jam in fucking in Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go. Um, and then I'm going to talk about my and mom they always the whole say time. Yes. Um, so <laughs> then he explains that she was very beautiful, but she died in a car accident when he was younger. Yeah, she, he wasn't into that. No, but she does want to see a picture of her. He shows her. She says she was pretty, but then she tells him, I don't know why she, she just throws this name out. And she, okay, so she she tells him Rita's coming over to model, and it's an early night, so yeah. she needs to get back home. By the way, Rita's not the only person coming over, but no, no, they got a, they got a full a fledged girl group. She doesn't going give on. a fuck about the two other girls, but anyway, he uh, he said she says that he can hang out the next day, but especially like will will he come to her show on Thursday that she's having? That's of another course. thing. Uh, he like, can hang out the next day. That date didn't look like it was going that fucking great. No, she loves him though. Carolyn? Anna. Carolyn Monroe. Yes. And, okay. But her name's Anna in the movie. Okay. Well, her name's Carolyn so and me, baby. it cuts to her photo shoot. And it is not just Rita, but two other models, as well as uh, this guy that's just in getting, charge. getting drunk and being I mean, a he's dick. in charge of something there, I guess. Something I think he's in, in the charge, photo. Well, he's I think an, he's in charge of the bar, but he's not a well, good bartender. He's in charge, I think he's in charge of like their, what they're wearing because he's like, who, and like their makeup because he's like, who did their makeup and she needs to take her necklace off and blah, blah, blah. So. No. Um, that guy sucks. So this is the same night as the clam jam, you know, dinner, but Frank fucking walks in with a gift and it's a goddamn teddy bear. Weird. Um, I feel like that's an old thing. It used to be a thing. You get some girls, some stuffed animal. In the and same and night that she said it's an early night, we just went to the clam jam and you talk about your mom being as pretty as me and now you're going to come over and bring a bear. At least you didn't bring a mannequin. That's true. But I mean like. Check yeah. this shit out. So uh, at this point also that other guy that was like, you were, why, why didn't you have someone do their makeup? Why did you let them do that themselves? Rita, take off your necklace. So, so the only person in this food, in this movie that deserves to be killed. 
So who, Rita or the no, guy? No, no, no. The dude oh, drink, drinking well, the liquor and going, these he models are $100 men, so. an hour. Oh, I guess he does kill men because he kills a guy at the beginning. Anyway. But you know, he kills a disco he boy. He only, and disco boy, but only really to get to the girls. So anyway. Um, disco boy was a side piece. Rita takes her necklace off and Frank, while she's modeling, Frank steals it. So, the next thing we see, we see Rita going home. Um, this is the only time we see a first-person POV killer uh, shot, and it's in her home. But he wasn't in her home, so I don't know how they uh, how they got like that shot. Anyway, so Rita starts a bath, and she hears the doorbell. It's Frank outside to return the and necklace. Still, she's not creeped out by this. Well, she thinks he's returning the necklace. How does he know where she lives? I know he followed oh, because her. Because he, okay, he, I think he asked Anna. Probably. Well, Anna's a shitty friend. Well, yeah. Also, Anna went on a date with him after like five seconds of knowing him. Oh, so, here's, I mean, like, here's where all I'm my like friends the, live. Yeah. So, um, I just love that guy you met in the park. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he uh, he does something when he's talking to her with the door, so it can't, so he can get back in. He mm. does something with the lock, so like when she sh- shuts the door, like it it won't lock. That's what um, I do. Yeah, me too. And so Rita returns to her bath and scene. And also, I know you do. You got to stop doing that shit at my house. My stuff's st- my stuff's missing, and I want it back. I thought in the last podcast I had never seen any of your house because I'd never you've been never there. Never seen or the boneyard. No, we talked about like I'd never seen any. Of your well, after house. The, after this movie, you've seen it. <laughs> so fun. It's pretty, pretty much the operation I got going down at my place. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm. I've caused him to get so much shit stolen. Um, all those bones. Um, uh, Both of them. I know. That's what I was thinking. Um, so th- this is where we have the only nude scene yeah, in the movie. Yeah, bush bath, man. Yeah, full full frontal. Um, her, she's getting in the bath. Um, Couldn't even get that hot hooker naked. She takes a full bath. I mean, he gives her, like, at least he gives her that. She gets to have her full she, she relaxing has an bath. Salt bath too. Yeah, she has a full relaxing bath, yeah, like, man. with bubbles and everything. She, um, when she gets out, she has a robe on. Frank attacks her, but he, with a ski mask on, which doesn't make any sense when. You t- when we get to the next scene, because it wouldn't have matter. Why? Why do you need that ski By mask? By the next scene, do you mean a Tuesday night in Nick Longmire's bedroom? Yes. We're, yes. So Rita. The next scene is Rita is gagged and like bound to her bed, and Frank is talking. How you do it? Frank is talking to her as if he is hallucinating that she is his mom. C- clearly, you've never dated a normal guy. This is just how things go. That's. I mean, I guess I'd rather be single. Oh, so. this, this bedside banter is uh, what uh, me and uh, me and we in the biz uh, refer to as foreplay. So he ends up he talks to her for a little bit, but then finally he finally stabs her in the chest and scalps her, and then he says, "Tonight you stay home." I mean, that's how you keep him. So now he's at home. No, no, no. He humps mommy before uh, before that. He stabs her. And he gets on. Oh her. yeah, well he and, yeah he does then, the whole and then mommy. He's humping yeah. mommy. He's calling her mommy as she's dying, and the, I think the last scene of her face is like a tear rolling down as she's dead. Because she is mommy, yeah. man. Got to hump mommy on a mommy, Tuesday. Mommy, it's Mother's Day, so. Mm-mm-mm. Um, Archie Bunker. So now we're at his. Okay, I'm gonna start putting the word house in quotes or apartment in quotes because it's like one. It looks like yeah, a closet or a storage room. 
With a bed in it and a TV. Yeah, Frank, you can have the mop closet. It's okay. Don't worry about the rent. Just pay the power. So he's at home, and he starts playing this music box. Um, And he gets a, a small, well, not a shotgun, but a smaller gun out and starts shooting a target. It's a, no, it's a daisy pellet, or a pellet gun. Oh, it is? Okay. I used to have one of those. Well, he's shooting at this target, which is a photo of a woman with, like, an X on it. Um, And then... uh. While he does that, he just like whimpers like a little bitch. Well, the, well, he's got a music box going too, and oh, dude, his like his little ray yeah. gun before that, his little like <laughs> like ray gun. And he's got yeah. that hat on. I want like, dude, this is why it's my room. This is what I do. I sit in a like I sit in a weird hat and I fire my little ray guns and I cry. <laughs> well, and then you like, and then you like brush your fucking greasy ass hair yeah to they like sticks to your head okay so anyway next Look, scene looking good Show. uh i called him joe because that's the guy who that's the actor sorry frank calls joey anna, spinell uh frank calls anna for to see a movie mm-hmm. and he's like okay 20 minutes she's like make it 10 yeah i'll see you in 10 minutes no in new york no fucking way I don't, and, that, and that phone booth he was calling her from was clearly not in manhattan and it is going to take you much much longer than 10 minutes to even get over there and get off the subway or even drive over there this is all bullshit yeah and on top of that let's just go back to the fact that she's so fucking eager like yeah i don't know why she's it, going okay, on a second what, date with this dude it, isn't it like a rule anyway for a girl not to act too eager anyway because like guys don't like that but like on top of that like I just don't get why she's she's like oh no make make it ten I'm ready to go so yeah she's pretty eager to go out with this pockmarked pot bellied idiot yeah so on the way they're talking about New York New York ladies on, and gentlemen on the way to the movie there she's like thanking him apparently he went to um, Rita's funeral and she's like she didn't have many friends That's he's the like least whatever. He could do. Um, so he, uh, then he tells her he wants to stop at the cemetery to put a wreath on his mom's grave. Great date spot. Actually, it is a good date spot until, uh, you do it Frank style. Right. So like, I, I, I've taken chicks to graveyards and, uh, I don't think it's a horrible idea. No, I mean, I, I think it's what you do when you're, young. I mean, I think a cemetery is like one thing, but like going to visit your dead mother might be a yeah, little go, bit different. Go, but, um, go get a 12 pack and run around. Yeah. But not to go see your dead mother anyway. No, no. Like I said, don't do it like Frank. Yeah. Um, so Anna goes with, uh, he starts crying. So they get to the grave and he starts crying and he's like, my head hurts, which, uh, the whole head hurting thing. That's, a lot more in the remake too. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's, um, it's also ironic of the way he died. The actor. And oh my god, yeah. So he tells then like while he's like crying and saying his head hurts, he's like Anna knew or not Anna knew. I'm sorry, Rita knew. Rita. Rita knew. So she puts it together that he's killed Rita. I don't know how she put it together from just that, but that's probably getting choked by him. Well, she put she kind of started putting it together before he. <laughs> like grabs her before he kind of attacks her. So, but she gets away and runs. Now this chase scene, thank God only lasts one minute. I timed both of those chase scenes. So Anna, um, it's actually a pretty good scene. Yeah, it is. It's through a graveyard. You, it's, it's fairly well. It's, it's a little well enough to you. You can see what's going on. So, you know, um, it ends with Anna hitting him with a shovel. You know, whenever she was hiding behind that gravestone, I'm glad she had time to sharpen this fucking shovel to a razor. I know. So she attacked, like, he comes up and she, like, stabs him in the side with this shovel and he falls down. Um, and she gets, so she gets away. And, um, he, like, stumbles back to his mother's grave after hearing her 
now he's this act- scene is fucking awesome now in this this part he's actually hearing his mom's voice yeah. because now see at the beginning we saw him without a shirt on i forgot to talk about this where he had like old like clearly old like cigarette burn marks on his chest and shit yeah, yeah um yeah. but now we're hearing her actual voice and his actual voice as a kid and she's like locking him in the closet and shit like that well, so, also i like how he stumbled back to his apartment and it's like ah well, new york ladies and gentlemen nobody noticed that from wherever whatever graveyard he was in to like miles back to his apartment just stumbling around with a bloody arm well he did have a car so um but so uh but what he stumbles to his mom's grave and so he he like lays down on the ground in front of the tombstone and this zombie mom a classic hand coming up through the the ground and grabbing yeah. the throat and then the it's you awesome. see and then you see like the head too but it's all like all blue and stuff i don't uh, know it's so good and you can tell there's somebody really in there in the makeup because it moves its mouth and you can see <laughs> the lips moving over the teeth and it's like it's really good yeah so she grabs him but it was clearly the best a, effect in the movie besides Tom Savini exploding head yeah but um then she, that disappears because it was a delusion, and then he just lays th- lays there crying on the ground in front of the tombstone. So then uh, he gets home wounded. Dude, when he shuts his door, there's a plaster cast of like half a face and an open mouth. Oh yeah. And mind you, I want that thing not for any kind of weird reasons, but that that is a really really cool. It's like almost like a door knocker, just like weird, but like it's a really cool thing to be hanging on the door. Yeah, actually, I, I noticed that too, but um. And also, I noticed his bloody wig mannequins by this time, because he's got a collection, they kind of look new wave punk. Yeah. No, they do. They're like set around a dinner table. But um, So he when he gets home, he has a delusion of his mother as her young self reaching for him. I don't know if she says it or if he says, you betrayed me. Uh, Someone says you betrayed me. Yeah. I can't um, remember. Then he like lays, you know, she's disappeared because that wasn't real. And he's laid down in the bed and he's like, you know, we think mortally wounded, I guess. But he's looking at all the mannequins. He's whimpering and he's like, oh, mommy, it hurts. All the mannequins start coming alive and um, say like saying, I guess, what they last said. You you know this especially with the uh, with the sex worker, excuse me, because she's saying um, like this, like this. Like this. You Dance know, like, for me like your mother used to. Um, so they start like grabbing the weapons that were used to kill them, except for the shotgun, and like stabbing him. They cut his arm off, and then they're, and then it just looks like they're like tearing him apart because they literally tear his head yeah. off of his body. And another classic Savini, uh, uh, Savini effect. Yeah, that scene's good. Uh, doesn't, you know, as, doesn't look as good as the other things, but it is good. Uh, this, so the scene ends with them like all around him. And then yeah. it cuts to, I guess, the next morning. And I'm assuming Anna has, you know, gotten away and told the police. And so that would have, yeah. these two guys, the two police officers show this up. This fucking low-rent Starsky and Hutch wake right. up the entire fucking neighborhood, man. So they show up to Frank's apartment and bust in. All the mannequins are there, like, in their places that they were before, like, this delusion. I guess, you know, this delusion at the end or of the last scene. Yeah. And they see that he's they think he's dead with a knife in his stomach. Yeah, apparently he, he, had ju- a, he had a nightmare and killed himself. They just leave. Well, that's good detective work. They just walk out. Yeah. Like, they don't make sure he's dead. Plain clothes cops. La- they plain walk clothes out. cops, ladies and gentlemen. And then the movie ends on Frank's eyes opening. 
and the movie's over. Yeah. It's a weird ending, but it's good. I'm going to go through I, ha- I have two new titles for this movie. Um, Nick Longmire Does New York or Nick Longmire <laughs> Takes Manhattan. So you, you pick. I think... I think Nick Longmire, the Central Park Killer, would be more... Um, That's a little on the nose. Uh, but, so I'm going to quickly go through the body count before I do the fun facts. Yeah. Um, so there are eight deaths if you don't include Frank, because we really don't know if he was alive or dead at the end. Um, or, so, maybe, or maybe the low-rent Starsky and Hutch was just a dream, too. One and two are Eloise and Arnold, which were apparently the names of the people on the beach. I don't know how they got names. And Eloise? No one else, like, yeah. Oh. Um, Fancy. So then number three is the pro, uh, sex worker. They get strangled and scalped. Number four is Disco Boy, shot in the head. Tom Savini. Number five is Disco Girl, shot off screen, then scalped. Number six is the nurse, stabbed through the back with um, a bayonet. Yeah. And then scalped. Seven is Rita. She stabbed in the stomach and then scalped or the chest area. And humped as mommy. Humped afterwards. Number eight. Humped away into that that, that, uh, quiet night. Number eight, like if you want to, I guess if you want to count her, Carmen is Carmen Zito who died of a car crash, but that's like before the movie. Um, So that's, so it's really like seven that happened during the movie. Yeah. And then like maybe eight if it's Frank and if you count the mom and then maybe not. I don't know. So um, first of all, so the budget was. um, Well, I'll go into that in a second because it's a whole thing. So Joe's. Joe Spinell. Joey Spinell. Uh, who played Frank. was the He co-wrote, produced, and... Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's and crazy. And was the lead actor in the movie. Um, the special effects were done by Tom Savini and an uncredited Rob Bo- uh, Botton. Botine. Bo- yeah. I think the, it's how he, he did, uh, uh, You know, it. he did The Thing and The yeah. uh, Flock. The, the Fog. The, fo- uh, the Fog, Humanoids from the Deep. Um so uh, Savini was known to have has, has been known to have said that um, he thinks that he might have gone a little too far with Maniac? with the gore in this movie. Yeah, jeez. Um, yeah. So the dummy used for the, the exploding head scene for Disco Boy was the same as the um, dummy from Dawn of the Dead with the exploding head. Its nickname was Boris, and they retired him after being used in this movie, as well as the car that was shot through in the movie. So they locked the dummy in the trunk of the car and um, and sunk it in the East River. So I hope it's still there. Yeah, there's a, there's a what do you call that? Uh, uh, there's a little treasure buried at the, in the East River you can go get. I would love that. Go scoop it um, and get that damn mannequin. So the budget, uh, the budget of the movie was I three. I need to fuck that thing. Was three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and it made about ten million. No shit. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of rogue filmmaking, as they didn't always have necessary permits yeah, yeah, to yeah. film. So the infamous shotgun through the windshield scene and others had to be filmed quickly, and cast and crew had to like run away before the cops came. Yeah, yeah. Um, minor roles were given to por- uh, porno actresses to keep costs down. Not Jerry Spinell was married to an adult actress. What, was he? Yeah, yeah, oh, in okay. the 70s. So, oh, um, at the end of the movie, there is a headless corpse around the bed, and that is the same corpse from Friday the 13th. It's Betsy Palmer. Okay. Yeah. Um, pa- Pamela Voorhees? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. And the he- helicopter shots are recycled footage from the movie Inferno. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So that might give it like the um, Jello feel as well. Um, Gene Siskel, who is a fucking pussy, by the way. I guess he's dead now, but whatever. Hey, it, what's wrong with old uh, Gene Siskel he, because and uh, both Roger Ebert? Both, both of them fucking hated all eighty slashers and just uh, lumped them all together. And they were big old, big old fucking pussies about every horror movie in the eighties. Uh, so he walked out after harsh that. There. He no, I'm not. No. Watch, watch, watch a compilation of them talking shit. It's bullshit. I've, anyway, I've, I've watched a bunch of that. I used to watch. They did show like Dawn of the kid. Dead, but anyway, whatever. So he walked out after the shotgun head explosion because he's a pussy. And um, so okay, with the budget, it ended up being three hundred fifty thousand, but it was originally forty eight thousand. Six thousand of that came from um, the ten thousand Spinell had made from cruising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was put into the, so that that money was put into a stock Love market. Love that movie. That that money was put into a stock market account and grew to one hundred thirty five thousand dollars before they made the movie. Ah, playing the stocks there, Joey. Yeah. Then the producer Judd Hamilton gave the rest to make uh, to make it two hundred thousand. Judd even Hamilton, though, who was also married to Carolyn Monroe. But that was well, that was the caveat. Ah. Is that he would give them the rest of the money for the movie as long as his wife was cast as uh, the lead actress. Okay. Um, originally, when the movie came out, kiosks were uh, uh, like in front of theaters, or I think right before it came out, kiosks were put in front of theaters. Yeah. Um, in New York, with some of the gory, gorier scenes, like you would look at it and be like a gorier scene. But after um, S- uh, Siskel had his little temper tantrum about it, they took him away. So okay, um, that's not cool. Mm-mm. So this movie also, much like Dawn of the Dead, was never submitted to the MPAA because they knew that it would get an X rating. And much like Dawn of the Dead and the way that Romero thought about, you know, because of all the gore, they didn't even try it. And they knew an X an X rating was stigmatized as uh, yeah, yeah as being like yeah. a porno, and so having a film just be unrated was uh, much easier to. That you can put that through, and mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have that X rating stigma, so they just didn't even uh, submit it. They wanted Argento, Dario Argento, which is f- funny because they use scenes from Inferno, but uh, they wanted him to co-produce and for Goblin to do the score. That would have been awesome. But um, their second choice was Jay Chataway, um, and he did do the score, which is actually reminiscent a little bit of Goblin. Um. So the LA Times refused to run ads for the movie because they were also disgusted by it. Uh, the uh, like it was filmed over twenty six day consecutive twenty six days in late nineteen seventy nine nineteen eighty, and it was going to have a sequel, but Joe Spinell suddenly passed away in nineteen eighty nine, which we were going to go into that real quick because um, his death was fucked. So he died in his apartment located in new york on january 13th 1989 at the age of 52 sometime during that morning he cut himself badly on his glass shower stall door after apparently slipping in the bathtub while showering soon afterwards he fell asleep on his living room couch and instead of calling for help his hemophilia caused him to bleed to death his body was found by his friend vincent gabrielle gabrielle awesome something he phoned spinel that evening after a woman who knew Vincent called and says Spinell did not um, 
like get his groceries or something like that. No, he didn't show up to the noodle factory. However, when he got there about 20 minutes after the call, Spinell did not answer the door. Then he called the building superintendent who said he didn't have a key, so they had to call 911. The ambulance workers entered the apartment through How the fire escape. How many people to get his door I know. Down. Where they found Spinell sitting uh, dead, sitting on a white sheet draped over the couch, having bled over part of the couch from an apparent deep cut in the back of the head. So God damn. Rest in peace, Joey Spinell. Right. Um, also, so Joey Spinell was in all kinds of movies. He was in the Godfather, Godfather Part 1, one and 2. And he was two, in Rocky yeah. 1 and 2. He was cruising. In ta- he was in Cruising. He was in Taxi Driver. He was in one of my favorite movies uh, that was made by the Elfman Brothers and had Hervé Villachez and all kinds of people in it called Forbidden Zone. It's a weird, bizarre musical. He was in William Peter Blatty's Ninth Configuration. He was in that weird mob comedy film, Married to the Mob. Mm, yeah. And he was in the TV series of th- three episodes of it uh, that I used to watch reruns when I was a kid. It's a Canadian show, but it got released in America called Night Heat. It was like a cop drama. And Carolyn Monroe uh, cut a 45 in the 70s. Uh, I think maybe, uh, yeah, it was like early, early 70s with uh, Jack Bruce, Eric Clapton, and Ginger Baker, who are cream. And then in the, uh, I think in the late 70s, early early 80s, she did one with Gary Newman. And yeah. she was also in, in some of my favorite movies uh, besides Did this you one. listen to him? I have not. I didn't know this until like recently. She, but I, I, I love her in the movie, like The Abominable Dr. Fibes. We should Fibes. listen to them in between our recordings. And uh, she was in The Abominable Dr. Fibes, which I love with Vincent Price. Uh, she was in uh, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad, which is a Ray Harryhausen mo- uh, movie, which is awesome. She was in a bunch of those Hammer, like Dracula AD and all that stuff or whatever. And she was in that Woody Allen movie, uh, Peter Sellers movie, Casino Royale, the spoof on James oh, Bond fuck movies. Woody Allen, but... I, yeah, I know. But, I mean, but I mean, don't um, Peter Sellers is amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, separate the art from the artist. And that's a hard one. Um, not, I don't um, really like his movies, though, either. Though, so. That's a that's a completely different subject. Anyway, I mean, Casino Royale just was note. not his movie. He didn't direct. Yeah, that. I know. He was just in it. But uh, no, she's she's been in so much stuff. And these two actors who are basically <laughs> the main actors of the movie are really, really kind of heavy hitters. They're just like in weird circles. Yeah, well, they're like they're in a bunch of shit and you don't really realize it. Exactly. Um, Carolyn Monroe is like uncredited in a lot of stuff. He's, he's very much, he was, he was very much a character actor in this, uh, in the seventies. But, um, uh, so I'm going to give my rating. Okay. And my rating is a 3.75 out of five. Now I give, I give that this because, um, I think the gore is worth two, at least two stars. Um, I don't think the rewatchability is great on this movie. It's not for everybody. Um, I'm like, it's not like something I would put on the background in a party. I give it a point five for that. Um, it doesn't have any fun camaraderie, which I really love in movies, and it, it's not so bad. It's good. So it's like, I don't, isolating it, and lonely. It doesn't yeah. give any. It, it's not fun. It's very dark. Um, the acting is it's it's good. So I give it one for that. Is it actually a good movie? Yeah. So um, I gave it a three point five, and I added. 0.25 for uh, the music and cinematography. So it ends up with a 3.75 out of five. Now I will, I will con- again say that it isn't a fun movie and it's not really rewatchable except for, you know, every once in a while, if you want to like, very, if you're like dark. wanting to watch a dark, a dark ass movie with like a friend that likes horror. Yes. But this isn't like, oh, put this on a, like if, in the background of a party. If you like slashers, this is like one of the early proto slashers. It's of the genre. It, it, well, you know, it's, it's part I mean, of it's it. No, it's not as early as some, but uh, it's not even as early as like the slasher, which is how I mean, which it's not the slasher, but, but like how with, well, with but, your rating, I, I give it a, even though my rating system is a little different, I give it three thumbs up. 
you have to give it out of stars. All right, three stars. That's three out of five. If that's what gets you off, girl. It's not what gets me off. It's just how we do the show. Um, Listen to her. So, in conclusion, stay gagged on some mannequins. Scalps. Mm, Stay gagged on... uh, Carolyn Monroe. Carolyn Monroe. Stay gagged on some... some And and Joey Spinell's big stromboli. On the cr- stay it's ga- got pepperoni <laughs> stay in gagged it. on the clam slam or whatever the fuck the that place jam. is. Clam jam slam. Um, Take and- a girl there, even if you live in Tennessee. <laughs> Seventeen hours, you're there, man. It's nothing. And uh, stay gagged on all of our social media: Instagram, TikTok. Buy gag some, me with a knife. Pod- shirts. Gag me with a knife podcast and our. Um, website gag me with a knife podcast.com you can buy our merch and find different ways to listen to us we're on all podcast platforms and youtube and i guess you've already figured that out because you're listening to it so see you later and happy fucking mother's day mm. oh mommy i hurt mommy Oh!